Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. From the Apostrophe Podcast Network. Hello, everybody. You're surviving life with Les Stroud. Hello, everyone. I love variety in life, and my podcasts will not be exempt from that. Though most will focus on interviews with artists and very driven people I find intensely inspiring and interesting, people with a real story to tell that has an underpinning of wisdom gained by paying their dues. You can draw motivation from these casual conversations to help you survive life. All that said, you know my background, and so in keeping with my insatiable desire to connect with nature, and my love of outdoor skills. This next podcast is for those of you in love with the natural world, outdoor skills and adventure, survival, and bushcraft. There are symposiums for pretty much every kind of interest in the world. Bushcraft and primitive skills gatherings have been around for years. Try to picture it thusly. A conservation area out in the woods, complete with a river or stream or pond, a few big fields of cut grass and some old buildings with dormitories. Wherever you look in the field, you see stations set up for everything from tanning deer hides to learning fire-starting methods and basketry and axe sharpening to wild plant and mushroom foraging and wild food cookery workshops. Oh yeah, we're all geeks, but it's still at least somewhat cooler than Civil War reenactment camp. I was invited to the Bushcraft Symposium in Alberta, Canada, and couldn't feel more honored. In preparing for my keynote, I was asked to address the differences between survival primitive earth skills, and bushcraft technology. However, they also asked if I would address the elephant in the room, television survival. These are the words of, well, me. The topic of survival itself is not pretty. It's not fun. It's ugly. It sucks. There's only one thing you want to do in a survival situation. Go home. What we dream of. And I just meditated and I said, whatever it is I do today, let it be inspiring to people and let it bring a positive change in people's lives. just wanted to get people back out in the bush. So I walk on sand And I walk on frozen land Walking forests where I feel home 
Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Bushcraft Symposium. I am uh, beyond honored to be here. It's funny, I do get the chance to speak publicly all the time and to very, very large crowds. This is the only time I'm actually nervous. <laughs> I didn't even realize until watching uh, that just now that the very last clip that you see of me, with the eating of that little scorpion, who taught me that? <laughs> Yell it out. David Halliday taught me that. Exactly. And that's the biggest reason why uh, I'm here and we're here uh, when, when Chris uh, contacted me and David contacted me. The initial pitch was that this is about celebrating those that, uh, that really solidified this as a thing and launched this as a thing. And that's what hooked me first. There's lots of symposiums and gatherings and sticks and rendezvous and all of this, but, but this, there seemed to be a, um, a more profound sort of undertone to them contacting me. And then the second part was I saw that André-Francois Barbeau and David Halliday were going to be here, and I haven't hugged those men in a long time, so <laughs> I have to be there. And another name that, that uh, and fr frankly, I wasn't sure if he'd remember me, was, is David Westcott. Because when I go back into where I came from, it came from these, these men and women uh, who were teaching all these, and still are teaching these amazing skills. One of the things we talked about was, actually we, we said addressing the elephant in the room, which I'm going to do a little bit later on. But before that, what I wanted to talk about when we chatted on the phone was differentiating uh, some of these terms so we understand what it is we're talking about. Basically, I have an opinion, that's it. I have an opinion on the matter. But it developed over many, many years of training in survival and teaching survival. And that is this, that there are, we'll call it, I've got five terms. The fifth one is the elephant in the room. The fourth one we can sort of just let be as is, but I'm going to, I'll tell you what their, their names are. The first one is survival skills. The second one is bushcraft. The third one is primitive earth technology. And the fourth one is emergency preparedness. Now, I believe there's actually quite a difference in these skills. Yes, if you're saying it in your head, they absolutely dovetail. They absolutely support each other, and you can cross-reference them depending on what's going on. But it became important, especially with the way things went after the Survivor Man series started, in my head to start getting people to understand that there's a difference in some of these skills, that there's a magic and a power in these various skills. So survival for me, it's whatever you gotta do to stay alive. And this is the thing that's been a little bit disappointing. Now, Andre and I spoke to this briefly and said, no, no, there's a, a reason to be for, say, recreational survival. And I agree. That's how we practice. That's how we get out with our buddies. That's how we, we train in these things is, is recreational survival. However, the topic of survival itself is not pretty. It's not fun. It's ugly. It sucks. There's only one thing you want to do in a survival situation. Go home. That's it. And that difference became very important to me because it's painful to be out there and to sleep on a rock. It's not cool. It's not even machismo because you end up whimpering like a little baby. <laughs> when you wake up at three in the morning and that chill runs up your spine and it's raining and you're on a rock, you just want a piece of toast and peanut butter and your mom. <laughs> okay, that, did I say that out loud? <laughs> 
So you see, to me, survival, that, that, you know, survival is, is Yossi Ginsberg in the jungle. Survival is Dougal Robertson and his family. Survival is, you know these stories, that's survival. Do you think any one of them would say, I'd rather have stayed out there and worked on my A-frame shelter? <laughs> I wish I could have tanned a hide while I was there. Darn it. No, they just wanted to go home. And this has always been an important thing to me. This is why in my series Survivor Man, I never allowed, well, we'll get there in more detail, but the bottom line is I never allowed the sensational, sensationalism of the skills. Because the skills that I was showing in Survivor Man, I'd already been learning, practicing, and teaching for 15 years before that, so I was in love with the skills. I will come back to that in a bit. I want to move from survival to bushcraft. So that's my underpinning for survival. It's whatever you have to do to, to stay alive, to get out alive, to get home and hug your family again. And it doesn't matter what it takes. So in other words, if you gotta burn down an island to get rescued, burn down the island. That is survival in all, with all its warts showing. Bushcraft, well, that's opening up Morris's book. <laughs> and drooling. And thinking about all these different things you can do while you're out there enjoying nature. Snow, winter, spruce boughs for a floor, fur, fire, the body warm Eagles fly and the caribou lie is where I've got to be The wolf waits there for me And you And you
Give me peace of mind Earth's spirit Keeps my soul alive Snowshoes and solitude What I dream of You're surviving life with Les Stroud. Bushcraft, well, that's opening up Morris's book <laughs> and drooling and thinking about all these different things you can do while you're out there enjoying nature. Bushcraft skills are about thriving in the wilderness not surviving in the wilderness. Now, yes, you can utilize these skills to survive if you have them, if you know them, if you practice them, they can come out. There are, there, as I said, there is the dovetailing. But to me, bushcraft survival is predominantly those skills of the courier de bois, of the voyageurs, of the mountain men, of the pioneers, of the settlers. They involved really knowing how to sharpen an ax. That's the best one for me. Really knowing how to sharpen a blade and the various methods of fire starting, whittling, carving, chopping, building, snares and traps and deadfalls, shelters, all of those things. So they're all really powerful, beautiful skills. And all of us, by the way, I've got a friend here with me tonight who's actually presenting as well, but, and I gave him required watching, which is, of course, Jeremiah Johnson. So for all of you, remember, I see a lot of young faces here. And for, to me, young is under 40. <laughs> if you have not, if, you've no, if, you do, if you don't watch Jeremiah Johnson once a year, get out right now. <laughs> <laughs> and if you watch Revenant and like it, get out right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm giving up the ghost too early here. We'll go there, okay. So bushcraft survival are these sets of skills that came along in that era. And everything has its predecessor. The same thing for me with primitive earth technology. These are the skills that aren't necessarily based on the technology that came along with, say, a, a voyageur, but were, was the original technology. It goes back thousands of years. And again, a beautiful set of skills. So this is me and David Halliday sitting in the desert on our butts with our hands and him explaining to me how to do the itsy bitsy spider move. <laughs> to get that, uh, oh, he only told me. Yeah, thank you, Dave. <laughs> to get the hand drill going. These primitive earth skills 
come from thousands of years of practice. And again, though, one of the things I learned, I spent a year living in the woods, and I'll get back to that. One of the things I learned was aloneness sucks. You need a community. Those skills are often primarily based on community skills. Why? Because when I look at some of the arrowheads that are made here, I could never come close to doing that kind of arrowhead or that kind of twining. There are certain things, though, I can do. Let me do that. That's my role in the community. Aloneness in traditional original Aboriginal cultures was considered a banishment because you need the snowshoe maker, you need the hunter, the person who does the fishing, the basketry, the clay pottery, the shelter, the child rearing, on and on it goes. These things, we can be generalists, we can be Renaissance people, but the reality is we are not going to be good at all of those skills. You learn that quick when you get in, when you get in the outdoors. The minute you think you are the best atlatl maker, along comes Mac Graham. And you realize, oh, I didn't think of doing it that way. Last night, I was just, you know, watching Patrick's slides up on the screen. I can't do stuff like that. It was beautiful craftsmanship. So I'd want to hang with him when I need some hooks made. <laughs> you grow into loving these different skills within bushcraft, within primitive earth technology, and within survival. They each have these different sets of skills associated with them, and though they seem relative, they really come from these three areas, and you do first grow to fall in love with all of them, but then you figure out which ones you're, you're good at. I was always really good at rope making. I was pretty good at fire starting, you know? But again, don't ask me to flint nap you an arrowhead. Uh, I'm gonna go to David for that. However, where do they dovetail? Where do they cross over? Well, primarily within the scope of primitive technology and bushcraft, it's all about uh, um, just adapting and realizing that something that they do in the Amazon is different than what they do in the Arctic or over in Madagascar, but yet there's a connection there and maybe I can adapt it. Funnily enough, you cannot always adapt it. Things you can do in Arizona don't work in Ontario, right? So, but you start to experiment with all of that. So I wanna get back to survival. In survival, you're borrowing from bushcraft, you're borrowing from primitive earth technology, again, to just go home alive. Like what? Well, for example, I remember in one, in one particular episode, I wanted to show charred cloth. Now on its surface, charred cloth is a bushcraft, a beautiful, awesome, making charred cloth and getting your knuckles bloody as you bang against the flint with that piece of steel that you bought from the guy who makes them with the little curl thing, you know what I'm talking about, right? And, and so to me, that was really beautiful because what was I doing when I was, when I was doing that? I was pretending I was Jeremiah Johnson. <laughs> Remember, you know the scene, you all know the scene with the snow and the tree up above, right? But in survival, has that got any place? No, well, maybe, maybe. If you can understand the concepts from bushcraft and from primitive earth technology, you can then look at your horrifying situation and potentially say, extend the life of your fire making ability. So you've only got three matches or no matches or a lighter with a limited amount of fuel. But you, you realize there's some canvas there and it's 100% cotton and there's some tin over there. Oh, and now you're starting to dovetail. You're starting to draw upon the bushcraft skill of rock and steel. And so I did that. I took, took canvas, put it in squares, and I didn't have a tin with a lid. Like we all, you know, we get our little cookie tin and we go to the fire and poke the hole in it. And you know how it's done. Take a piece of tin. I thought, well, how can I do this? So I folded tin over tin over tin like you'd fold a, a bed sheet, put it in the fire, 
and damn it if it didn't work. Now I had charred cloth, a big supply of it. I don't even need to touch my lighter. That is where survival learns from bushcraft. That is where survival learns from primitive skills. Because I have never really done a primitive earth skill on Survivor Man that I necessarily needed to do because there were uglier ways of, of accomplishing what I needed to do. But the primitive earth skills and the bushcraft skills I was in love with, am in love with, and they were beautiful to show. And again, if you understand them, you can then bring them into this, into that, again, horrible, painful, terrible moment called survival. And anybody who's ever actually had a real survival ordeal is not disagreeing with me right now. They would not go back there for anything. And if they did, then they weren't, it wasn't really survival. They were up the back of their cottage and they stayed for three days. <laughs> and they kind of knew how to get home. And in, in many ways, what you're looking at is a guy who baselines everything. I don't specialize in much of it. I'm not that good at specializing. And so this, I hope, is a bit of a baseline for understanding all of the skills that are out there. Now that leads me to something that is probably the most important of all of this. The reason. The motivation. One, two, oops. One, two, three. Wind is light, the sky is blue My heart is heavy when I don't have you And I miss you Like a posh land misses rain I camp on the land, a boat on the sea Life ain't life if you can't be free to live it You'll always find a way Forty hours of work week were never meant for me Lately I've been bitten by the bug that sets us free Wilderness wandering and ocean waves are calling Standing in a forest you can hear when trees are falling Oh, 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 this is free A little to the left, a little to the right A lot in the middle cause it feels so right Just loving you Neat the sun and neath the moon Years they come, years they go All I know is they all go by too soon Don't waste your days away Forty hours of work week were never meant for me Lately I've been bitten by the bug that sets us free Wilderness wandering and ocean waves are calling Standing in a forest you can hear when trees are falling Oh, 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 oh. this is free
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're surviving life with Les Stroud. In a Survivor Man episode, there's not one single show that I ever produced where I did not start every single day of that ordeal, whatever I'd manufactured and put together so that I could go and experience it and film it and make the film, I sat down beside a rock or a river or a lake and I just meditated and I said, whatever it is I do today, let it be inspiring to people and let it bring a positive change in people's lives. That was my spiritual motivation. And then I would go on to film my episode. I would then often stand up and go, dolt, you're going to do a fireboat today. Who cares? It's not motivational. That's not, uh, who cares? But then I would start to get these letters from people. And I'm going to tell you, because I know you guys will recognize this, because I'm sure many of you also work with individuals that need to get out into nature to get their life in check, to get back on balance. This is what nature does. I, I was in Nashville and I put out a little tweet. Hey, I'm going to go down to the Frothy Monkey, have a cappuccino. Anybody want to meet me? A son and a, and a stepfather show up. And stepfather says, well, uh, we drove two and a half hours to come to meet you. He's your biggest fan. So, yeah, okay. Shake hands, photographs, autographs. We're talking. as a young, young boy, about 13 or so. Hands me a letter and then says, you, you can't read it while I'm here. It's from my mom. Okay, great. Day goes on, I'm thinking nothing of this. I pull the letter out and I start to read it. And same opening, you know, my son is your biggest fan. You don't know what it means to him that he met you. And uh, for the first five years of his life, he watched me getting beat to within an inch of my life by his father who held us captive. And when I asked him how he got through it, he said, well, mommy, if survivor man can do it, then so can I. This is the impact your little bush skills can have on people. This is the farther reaching emotional, spiritual power that bushcraft and primitive earth technology and getting through a survival ordeal can have on individuals. And that's one story. There are others, and I know you have those stories as well. So that was my, uh, we'll call it my, my more spiritual motivation. But I had an emotional motivation as well. An underlying subtext to everything Survivor Man was ever about or meant to do. I just wanted to get people back out in the bush. That's it. That's where it started from. That's why I went out and went down to Randolph, Kansas, 
and learned with Prairie Wolf. That's why I went out and sought out David Halliday. That's why I bought David Westcott's book and Morris Chansky's book and all the other books and poured through them. That's why I read all the survival stories like Douglas Mawson and This is This Accursed Land, all of these incredible survival stories. The real reason was I just wanted to reconnect with the land. I really wanted to reconnect with nature. And these felt like ways to challenge myself, yes. Um, and, and they were a bit sensational in themselves, but I wanted to connect. And so when you look at bushcraft, then you're looking at skills that force you to slow down and touch things, to touch the earth, to touch the land. You know, we all know the five senses. There is a sixth sense. I'm not talking about psychic ability, although it is somewhat psychic. And the sixth sense is when all five senses work together in perfect harmony. And the only time that really happens is out in nature. That's when they all fire. So what are bushcraft skills and primitive earth technology to that? They are facilitators. It's facilitation. It gets you out looking and discovering what a basswood tree is. It gets you knowing what obsidian is and what you can do with it. It gets you twisting root fibers. What the heck is that? Whoa, I'm making rope. But you're twisting fibers. You're sitting on the ground. You're not on a chair. And it's facilitation. Survivor Man was, for me, facilitation. I was trying to just get people excited about nature again. These are just some skills I had been doing for 15 years before, and I was in love with them. I thought, there's a connection here. This is the motivation, and this is why I say I speak in baseline terms, because I want you to, to remember that, that with the beauty and the nuances that are there, with the skill sets that all of these individuals in the room have that are far superior to mine, you can see the fruition of what starts with a lot of people who really just want to hang out in the woods and understand the woods and know a tree and connect to a river. That's what all of these skills are, taking our passion for nature and facilitating our ability to be out in it and learning from it. And as I said, with the beautiful slides we saw last night, you see, you know, craftsmanship that is next level kind of thing. So I will go to the elephant in the room, as I said, which is the fifth. I didn't even say the fourth. By the way, the fourth uh, category, emergency preparedness. Why that one? Because, well, the world's about, world's about to blow up, so we got to know well, what's going on. <laughs> it's, it is a category in and of its own. It also can steal and take from primitive earth skills and bushcraft. It also can learn from practical survival techniques, the preppers, all that sort of stuff. So there's a swirling pot of skills going on here. Edible wild plants, medicinal plants, all of these things are a swirling bunch of skills that have to do with the land, but with the exception, really, of emergency preparedness. That's an urban thing, but it is, to me, another category. So why, oh, that's got nothing to do with it. You fill up your bathtub with water, you call your, yeah, well, you know what, but if it's a really, really long time, you might need to get a fire going in your backyard, and you might be out of matches. And if you know how to do the fire bow, and there's a bunch of wood pallets over there, but you've got a broom handle that happens to be poplar, you know, and, and there's a cedar <laughs> fence railing, like all of a sudden you're going, I'm the only guy in the neighborhood who's got a fire going. You know, the lights are out. It's a blackout, but I got a fire going. So you see, emergency preparedness can even learn from primitive earth skills and from bushcraft skills. To go to the elephant in the room, which is the fifth category, <sighs> Television survival. 
Yeah. Sorry. Why is it even an elephant in, in the room? For this, I need to give you a little bit of a history lesson. Okay, so that was part one and the first half of my keynote. And as you heard, I was just about to get into the elephant in the room, television survival. Some incredible revelations were made over the next two days at that bushcraft symposium. The next part of the talk was charged. I had no way of knowing that there would be people from the show alone in the room, all of them Survivor Man fans and all of them about to have their hearts broken when I dissed their show. I was dissing Naked and Afraid, and Alone got lumped in. More on that later. Because in part two, I'll get into all of it. Thanks for listening to Surviving Life with Les Stroud. We've been chemically altered and digitally transformed by Keith Ullman. We're a member of the Apostrophe Podcast Network, which I'm pretty sure is a cult. As for everything else, I did all the heavy lifting, and in the words of Chicago, I'm feeling stronger every day. Keep listening, everyone. We'll figure this out. Oh, hey, wait a second. Sorry, one more thing. Totally forgot. This is my moment of shameless self-promotion. But if you are not yet watching my brand new series, Les Stroud's Wild Harvest, well, you need to. It's all about local foraging, and then I, I'll go out and I'll show you a number of plants, and I'll bring them back into a kitchen or a cookery outdoors or somewhere where Chef Paul Rogalski will turn them into an incredible meal. You got to see this show, Les Stroud's Wild Harvest. It's airing now on a public television station near you. And if the public television station near you is not airing it, then email them, phone them, show up on their doors, blackmail them, do whatever you have to do to get Les Stroud's Wild Harvest on their station so that you can watch it. The second part of the self-promotion is for this channel, if you're watching this, and if you're not, this channel is the YouTube channel, Survivor Man Les Stroud. I have a ton of stuff on there. I really got on the game for YouTube about six or eight months ago, and I have been populating it with all kinds of material. New stuff, archive stuff, all kinds of information from how-tos to Survivor Man episodes to Survivor Man Bigfoot to director's commentaries. So check out my YouTube channel, Survivor Man Les Stroud, because I am keeping it really, really active. So brand new series, Les Stroud's Wild Harvest. Don't forget my YouTube channel. And lastly, we are going back into the uh, the printers and by popular request, releasing again my 20th anniversary film collection. 76 films, every film I have made over the past 20, actually 25 years to be honest with you, but 20 years. And it's available through the website, lestroud.ca. All right. Um, okay. I guess that's it. Thanks a lot for listening. And uh, I don't know, go pour yourself a coffee and go listen to some more of my podcasts if you so choose. Thanks, guys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 